When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But he is the X factor for this game. Whether you like it or not as a Texas Tech fan, it comes down to Tyler Shuck, right? Because I don't care how good the play is that Zach Kitley draws up to get the ball out to Duran Bradley or whomever. If Shuck's not feeling it, if he's not on and he's not throwing the dimes, then it doesn't matter. Charles Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we are previewing the Texas Tech game as they prepare for the Oregon Ducks. Um, a little bit different feeling in the Tortillas and Takes house as we prepare for Oregon. This was the game that should have been exciting. We should have been really pumped up for it to prove ourselves. But unfortunately, as we all know, week one happened. So with that... Can the 0-1-1 Red Raiders take, avoid being 0-2 and pull off a big upset against Oregon? To talk about this potential upset, I brought on the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? I am fresh off of my appearance on the Duck Zone 503 podcast. Um, our friends over there at Duck Zone 503, Oregon's kind of do-it-all podcast, has an awesome live streaming. I mean, just went on there live and showed my face to the world. It's terrible. But happy to be back on this podcast, but we're audio only for now, and happy to, to kind of postulate about Texas Tech Red Raiders as we get into week two under the lights of the Jones for the first time this season, and where we went 6-1 and one last year. Maybe we can create some magic this year with some new LED lights yeah. that we had, we had enjoyed at NC State, and they were like, I know what tortillas and takes likes. Let's put yeah, them here. Yeah, no. They, I mean, they're all the rage now, those LED, LED lights. LED lights. Um, I think I think the crowd will love it. I think it'll be exciting. Um, the game is sold out, and I and I get that people are now a lot less pumped and amped for the game as they would have been if we had one in week one. But uh, those people still bought the tickets, so it's one of those things where everybody's they're pumped, they're excited for the season. We lose week one, it's like, well, well, Bob, we still bought the tickets, so, so let's go ahead and go. So the stadium will be packed. Um, I do think the first quarter energy will be different than it would have been had we, you know, won that Wyoming game like we assumed we would. Um, so it will be more of a tepid energy. And, and, and we've both been in, in the arena at times where you come in and you're like, oh, okay, let's, let's see what happens. Pre-pod, we were talking and you, and you had compared this game to uh, 2012 Texas Tech when they hosted fifth-ranked West Virginia. Uh, at the time, West Virginia was undefeated, new to the conference. Geno Smith was taking the world by storm. He was a Heisman favorite at this time. Um, I think it was like week six of the season. And they came in, and it was very similar in this tepid energy, right? To, if I'm going to compare Tech a little bit. We were coming off of a loss. We just got whooped by Oklahoma. Um, coming off of the first loss of the season. Now, by that point, we were 4-1, and one, not 0-1. But still, uh, coming off of the first loss of the season. Uh, and... This tepid energy of, well, the stadium's full, stadium's packed. Let's just see what happens. And I feel like that's going to be the same place here. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, first home game of the season, it's still going to be electric. It'll be a little bit different, but I think it'll still be exciting. The first game of the year, people like, and uh, it's not a nobody team, right? It's Oregon. You know, everybody knows who Oregon is. They busted out some sick jersey combos for this game. I think that, you know, I'm very excited. I'm bummed that I won't be at the game, even though we lost to I'm just bummed, mostly because of the LED lights. But I'm I'm bummed that I won't be able to see this. Um, our Everybody's favorite Twitter account, Big Game Boomer, um, 
says that Texas Tech, that Jones AT&T Stadium would be the second loudest stadium in the country this weekend behind uh, Bryant-Denny there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, because they're playing somebody who cares about nobody cares. So, But Texas Tech, it's going to be loud. So excited for this game. The question on everybody's mind, do we have a chance? So I guess that's what this podcast is about, figuring, figuring it out. Never mention Big Game Boomer on this podcast ever again. Um. <laughs> what are you talking about? That is a reputable Twitter oh, source God. who does his no, research. That's right. Uh, he's the, I don't know. Never mind. Um, so let's talk about Oregon for a little bit, the Oregon Ducks. So the exact opposite of how Texas Tech played against Wyoming is how Oregon played against Portland State. They beat them like they stole something. Now, mind you, Wyoming is a much, 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 much better team than Portland State, right? Wyoming plays in uh, a better conference. They're not they're an FBS level team, right? Division one FBS. Portland State is FCS, right? They they play tougher competition. They get better players, like all that. Wyoming is better, and we played in Laramie, Wyoming, as opposed to playing at home. Much better team, right? I would argue that Wyoming is three times the team that Portland State is, right? Um, and so if they were three times the team that Portland State is, then that means that Wyoming would have only lost a game to Oregon by 60. (laughs) (laughs) There is comfort in that, folks. There's comfort in that somewhere. Uh, Oregon did beat Portland State 81 to 7. 8 1. The same number that Kobe Bryant put on Jalen Rose's head. 81 points for Bo Nix in the offense. Um, and I mean, Oregon has not. Try to pretend like, like they know what they're in for. They want Bo Nix to get all the, the, the accolades, all the stats. He put up 287 yards and three touchdowns on interceptions. They want him to go for the for the Heisman. They are putting everything up out there, and they're not going to go easy on Texas Tech. This is not only a statement game for Tech, but a statement game for Oregon. Like this is their chance to say, we don't care if it's Portland State, we don't care if it's Texas Tech, we're going to go out there and 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 bust them, bust them something good. And so like that's, I think that is where Tech has to realize. That it's not one thing where we're going to sneak up on Oregon. I really don't believe that's going to happen. We, we, you were talking in the uh, recap uh, of the Wyoming game like week about a week one trap game. That's what Wyoming felt like. Um, Oregon is not going to be trapped by this game. One, there's nothing for them to look forward to next week. But then two, they want this game as a statement of we walked into Lubbock, Texas in their first home game with the LED lights um, in the atmosphere. And it still didn't matter. We beat this team. And so they're going to punch us in the mouth or want to punch us in the mouth early on. We've got to be able to, to deliver ourselves. Well, and something else, um, Texas Tech, or excuse me, Oregon is being led by coach Dan Lanning, who is in also his second year um, coaching the Oregon Ducks. Last year, pretty exciting season. They only end up, they end up losing to Oklahoma in the bowl game, uh, Utah, uh, Stanford. And so, Really kind of not excuse me. That was too. That was excuse me. That was they lost to Oregon State last season, Washington and Georgia. They opened up. Remember that really exciting game last year with Georgia. They opened up their season and really (laughs) Georgia was who we thought they were. And Oregon figured that out, too. But they had huge wins, you know, last season as well, uh, especially over BYU and Utah, who, you know, Utah thinks they're everything. So they got that win. Stanford, stuff like that. Washington State this year, Oregon. They lost a lot of people on the uh, offensive side of the ball and defensives. They've lost a lot of players. But Dan Lanning attacked the transfer portal, and they brought a ton of dudes in. I mean, they absolutely brought in a team. Um, guys from all across the board, ton of SEC talent coming in. You know, hey, you're not playing first string at Alabama. How about you come play first string at Oregon and kind of rebuilding this team from the ground up. And so the question in the whole offseason was, you know, does Oregon is Oregon. And this is kind of a question that Texas Tech fans can kind of reminisce with when we talk about like basketball and transfer portal. Can this team play together? Can they, you know, can they survive the storm? Does their chemistry, will they buy into the program? All these natural questions. Uh, and when you win against a team, I mean, like Portland State, there's good and there, like there's good and there's okay, right? So the good is you whooped them, you put up so many points, and you had everybody touch the ball. It seems, and the not, you know, the okay is like it's still just Portland State. 
and you don't really get a lot of questions answered against a team like that. Um, even Oregon podcast, even people who cover Oregon understand like, hey, Portland State was no litmus test. Texas Tech becomes the litmus test. And so, like you said, like Bo Nix is on his Heisman campaign. They got a team that is like ready to take the Pac-12 by storm, win it this year. And honest, I mean, honestly, this is a team, this is a coaching staff, this is a fan base that wants Oregon to appear in the college football playoff. You got to go through Texas Tech and you got to, um, for especially a Heisman candidacy, a team like Texas Tech that's on the rise and has some respect, um, even in the wake of last week, you know, some respect from national media. You know, it's not easy to win and, you know, it used to be. I mean, it's been easy to win in Lubbock a lot. But last season, after you go 6-1 and one at home, Joey McGuire is trying to make it where it's not easy to win in Lubbock. So if you come in and say, hey, I see what you're about, but here's what I'm about, and you win a game in Lubbock, Texas at night, you know, that does a lot for this Oregon Ducks team. And so they are 100% zoned in on this game. And there's just a lot of interesting things to talk about with, you know, the transfers coming in, Bo Nix's Heisman candidacy, Dan Lanning just being in his second year that, oh man, this Oregon team has so much going for them. And it just, and it also feels just very reminiscent, like of us and our kind of rise to, we want to be a good team. You know, we want to get the respect we we feel like we deserve. We got a second year head coach. Um, there's some parallels, but there's definitely a gap in talent, expectations, stuff like that. Um, but definitely some parallels in this game. Yeah, so I, I do think that one thing that's interesting with Dan Lanning is, is Oregon has had a lot of success. Even in the post-Chip Kelly era, they've had success. And they've been a bit of a good program uh, there. And, and, and it's very interesting that you mentioned the <clears throat> those parallels with Dan Lanning. Because last year he came in, um, the Oregon fan base, I think, liked him. They liked that. They, but there was still some skepticism of the hire. Like, uh, you know, Georgia, D.C., just how much is he doing? Can he really do it? And then he had a 10-3 and record, winning the Holiday Bowl. And then, you know, I think for Oregon fans, like, oh, no, no never mind. He's the guy. He's he's our guy. And they have had a lot of momentum this past offseason, like a, uh, a team like you were mentioning, like Texas Tech, right? So this, this offseason has really been big for both of them. The difference is, is week one, I think, Oregon really put up, and they, and they showed what they can do. Um one thing you mentioned was is that the, the transfer portal. Now, Texas Tech didn't hit the transfer portal like we had previously. I mean, we, we hit it. We had some good players. We you know, we were able to grab some guys over there, McCray, Linton. Um, but we didn't necessarily hit it like we did the year before or like we did it in the Matt Wells tenure. Oregon, they hit it hard, to your, to your point. I mean, uh, Gary Bryant and Tez Johnson um, at the receiving spot. Uh, uh, Johnny Cornelius at right tackle. Excuse me, Ayapani Lalu, uh, Nashad Strother, Casey Kelly at tight end, Treshawn Holden at receiver, Jury uh, Jurion Dickey at receiver, um, uh, Gernoris uh, Wilson at left tackle. He was a freshman transfer. Like all these transfers, come, Junior Angelau, George Silva. Like it's just a plethora of of, of uh, transfers, and that's just on the offensive side of the ball, right? And so it is very interesting. I mean, Bo Nix last year was a transfer. And so Dan Lanning is absolutely utilizing the transfer portal. He's bringing back a little bit of that swag that Oregon had during the Chip Kelly era. You talk about the jerseys. Them things are nice. right? Them, those jerseys are nice. They are nice. A little, got, a little, got a little sex appeal to them. Like, those, those jerseys are absolutely nice. And I think that, you know, this Oregon team, like I already mentioned that they're going to want to smack you in the mouth, but I think Dan Lanning is providing a little bit of toughness that we haven't seen from an Oregon Ducks team in a little bit. Like they've been much more known for their finesse and how they operate in the finesse way. And I think Dan Lanning is trying to bring toughness there. And I think last year you saw it and what has actually been an increasingly tough Pac-12. Um, funny that they're about to go away, but an increasingly tough Pac-12. So, um, this is definitely not going to be an easy game whatsoever. So let's talk a little bit about the offense sans Bo Nix. Let's, let's talk just about everybody else that's not named Bo Nix on this offense. And I think that really begins with some of those transfer receivers I was talking about, like Taz Johnson, Gary Bryant, and then their other guy that's actually been here for a couple of years, and that's Troy Franklin. I mean, what can you say about Oregon's offense? It's explosive. Bo Nix, um, 
Bo Nix wants to be him, and he's got a lot of weaponry around him. And during the Portland State game, I mean, golly, getting guys like Franklin Bryant, Johnson, Irving, I mean, everybody got touches. Go down the list, right? They're utilizing tight ends as well, and Ter- Terrence Ferguson. Um, they've got guys, and they're playing a very classic, I don't know, man. Like, they, they just are playing good foundational or fundamental. Is, oh, I was trying to remember that word earlier. They're playing really good fundamental football, which is fascinating because Oregon re- like replaced, I think, four out of five linemen this season, which is nuts. So you want to talk about, you know, we have woes as a Texas Tech fan base of like getting good offensive line play. This is a team that replaced four of their five dudes and didn't really seem to skip a beat. We could, we could learn a lot from that, but honestly, um, and, and that could actually end up being a breaking point for this game, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But there's like, it, it just, the Oregon offense consists, like continues to be a dominant force with their top five last season in, in offensive production. I mean, this is just a very dangerous team and they're filling up the stat, like they're filling up, they go so deep at so many possessions on offense it's scary. It's super scary uh, for teams like Texas Tech that, you know, based on the Wyoming game, we're not digging into the depth very much. And so as this game goes on, you know, they're gonna keep they're gonna continue rotating their guys. You're gonna see uh you're gonna see a bunch of their guys get a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of touches. And it's just like, can we keep up with that? Have we become the team that is now getting like outpaced? So I'm gonna push back on something you said real quick. We don't know just how Oregon is going to treat this game. And what I mean by that is is that, like, I know you were talking about how much they rotated in the Portland State game. It was it was Portland State. Not only was it Portland State, it was a Portland State game that they were up. Well, what is this? Uh, they were up 50-7 to seven at halftime, right? So, like, that is a – my math might be wrong. But um, they were up a lot. No, yeah, 57 at halftime. So, um, you know, so I think that's we can't necessarily say that they haven't skipped a beat on all line. We can't necessarily say that they're not going to rotate these. It's easy to rotate guys when you're up by 50, right? It's easy to say, oh, second, third string, third string, get in there when you're up by 50. So I actually do think the weak spot of this offense is their O-line because we don't know. And we could find out in this game that, no, no, the O-line's still fantastic, still incredible, still great. But to your point, they did lose so much of that O-line production. And I will say one piece we haven't talked about so far is there's an argument that Bo Nix is not the best player on their offense. Ah. You get a point towards the running back? Bucky Irving is a beast. He's a dude. <laughs> He's a dude. Bucky Irving is a beast. He, he uh, a thousand yard rusher last year, three hundred yards out the backfield. Um, kind of their do everything back there, and I think though we expect good receivers, I think Oregon is similar to Texas Tech in that you're going to expect a spread offense. The receivers are going to be good regardless of who's that quarterback, regardless of of how the offense production is going to be. The receivers are going to be good in that in that aspect, but. This, I would argue Bucky Irving is one of the best Oregon running backs they've had in a long time. Um, maybe even since the Mariota and, and, and championship caliber teams, right? Like, this Bucky Irving is a beast of a player. Well, and so remember that. Um, and Noah Whittington. Sorry, not and Noah Whittington. The, the, the backup there, too. I, I Noah Whittington came back. So their entire run production is Depth, yeah. depth, depth. Yes, depth. Uh, and remember that Bo Nix had that leg injury. Um and so his mobility has really crunched down. Doesn't matter. He doesn't need to be the mobile quarterback anymore because they got a they have a monster at running back. And so that's a very dangerous thing. Absolutely. I was talking to the Oregon guy. I was talking to Ducks five hundred three, and they like I don't want to be a homer, but um, Bucky Irving might be one of the best running backs in the nation. And I think we say yes, absolutely. With what we've seen so far, with what we can expect to see, this Texas Tech game will give us a really good illustration. Again, that litmus test for it's for Texas Tech as much as it is for Oregon. But man, expect to hear more about Bucky Irving as the season goes on because there's a lot of opportunity for him in the rest of the season to really make a name for himself. Uh, funny enough, as Bo Nix is trying to make a name for himself in the Heisman race as well. So just kind of illustrates the the talent laden. Skill positions in Oregon. They, they got some offensive talent. They got some you know, talent. They, 
nothing to scoff at over there in Eugene, Oregon. Not, not, none the least. So, um, but I definitely do think that that's the piece. I actually will. I'm curious, you know, as we think about how Texas Tech will play this offense. Me personally, I think this would be a good opportunity for us to really be aggressive. Actually, funny enough, um, because I believe that the two unproven pieces of this Oregon offense is their receivers and their and their O line. Um, so. Deruder already likes the blitz. He's he's you know my favorite uh my type of DC a guy that likes the blitz likes to bring the pressure. Um, so he already likes to bring pressure on quarterbacks. You kind of mentioned that Bo Nix has kind of lost a little bit of that mobility that we saw him at, have at Auburn. Um, so I actually do think he's going to bring pressure. Not only do I think he's going to bring pressure, I I kind of want us to to press up on the receivers a little bit, right? I think the secondary actually did have a decent game against Wyoming. Now Wyoming receivers are nothing to scoff at. They're not going to be as good as. Gary Bryant and Tess Johnson um, and, and, and Kyle Casper. But I I do think that we should press up on the receivers a little bit and, and have and test them. See what they can do. See what they have. We do have two really good safeties in Tyler Owens and, and Rabbit, uh, De'Ajan taylor Demerson. So like I'm, I'm curious to see if you have your corners, if you have Malik Dunlap, if you have um, Rayshad Williams, press up a little bit, see what they can do, do a little bit more cover two action where they're battling up at the line of scrimmage and then releasing the receivers to our safeties in the back. I am, I do kind of want to see just how good these receivers are um, because I do think we're going to have to be aggressive to force Bo Nix and Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington's hand. Well, don't forget that the Ruder came from, like, he spent time at Oregon. Oregon fans. The most frustrating comment that they have had uh, that they had about Deruder is that Deruder is that death by a thousand paper cuts. His defense um, during the Oregon era gave up a lot of short routes, a lot of short yards, and just would give up points easily by just these like little fraction plays, bup, 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 and nothing crazy, nothing big. Um, but what we hope is that he has kind of grown from that criticism. And I mean, we've seen a little bit of like Ben don't break defense from him, but I think something that kind of pushes back against that, something that kind of bounces out is the aggressiveness, right? We were talking about on the other pod, that last play at Wyoming. Um, and it was kind of maybe like a, let me get you with this. Aha. Did you see the Tinder blitzed on here and you got beat? I'm still not oh, upset no, with that I, play. I, I, no I think that, that linebacker, yeah. that safety blitz, that was 100% awesome. Peasley was just a dude. So, you know, I think that we have a really good opportunity to be aggressive. And I like that you pointed that out that, you know, especially with this offensive line, the way that they are, if we're going to figure out if they're real or not, we're going to have to be aggressive. And so, I mean, you can't, you can't go into this yeah, game just, trying I, to I just win by being safe because that's not who we are. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, that's not who we are. Yeah, and, and I do, and I do think that, like in the Wyoming game, our corners really did play off a lot. Um, we saw them really kind of give that cushion, and I think you're able to do that a little bit more against the Wyoming receivers. It does worry me against Oregon receivers because though I do want to test them, though I want to do see how good, I do want to see just how good they are. They might be Oregon receivers. Like, 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 it's not like these guys are just these scrubs. These guys are guys that are coming in. I think the main reason why I want, I want to test them is because they're, they're new to that Oregon program. So in their first games, um, in Tess Johnson's first game, I want to say, okay, well just, you know, are you, how familiar are you with Oregon? And we may find out in the first half. Oh, he's very familiar. Oh, Gary Bryant's very familiar, right? Uh, Troy Franklin, who didn't get as much playing time last year, he's very familiar. And then we're backing off. But I, I think one thing that you can have is a situation where you back off a little too much. You're giving them six, seven, eight yards of cushion. And then they're taking advantage of that with those short slants, with those things where you're continually having to play up. So I would rather, I do think, and you don't see it too often from our offense, from our defense, but I would love a cover two, a, a cover two press formation, especially in the first quarter, to really to play some bump action against the receivers, let them release to the safeties uh, who are pretty aggressive in their own right. So um, that's just a suggestion there that I do think could at the very least work to test and see a new, new, uh, um, a new formation, new decision to see just what these receivers can do um, and what they're capable of. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So with that, we kind of move over to the defensive side of the ball when it comes to Oregon. And, you know, Jeremy, we talked a lot about transfers on the offensive side of the ball. Um, there's more. There's more on defense. Uh, there's just as much on defense. Um, you know, and, and Jordan Birch, Johnny Ballins, uh, Mateo Ugalalele, uh, Terrence Green, Blake uh, Purchase, Justin J- Jacobs, Connor Sowell, Jerry Mixon, Kyrie Jackson, Tysheem Johnson, Evan Williams, Nico Reed, uh, Cole Martin. Um, just this plethora of uh, uh these transfers that have come over into the Oregon program, really refilling it. And then you have a bunch of guys, especially in the front seven, that were here last year and they're just that much older, right? Um, on the D-line, you, so joining Jordan Burris, you have Casey Rogers as a fifth-year senior. You have um, Paul Paul Mave, who's a fifth-year senior. You know, you have Jamal Hill, who's a four-year senior. Uh, uh, Mace Funa. So this is a very veteran defense, even if half the team, half the defense is pretty new. Well, and so I like, you know, I am actually less. The offense is what scares me about Oregon. The defensive what is what actually gives me a little hope about Oregon. Now, there's a lot of talent laden across that team, and there's a little bit of experience playing together there. But Oregon is still trying to figure out its defensive identity. And what I understand from what we were talking with the other pod is that you know, they like to disguise pressure. They like to neutralize pre-snap, re- pre-snap reads, which, you know, our our system right now relies a lot on pre-snap reads, especially last season. Like, hey, make the decision at the line. If you feel like it needs to be a pass or a run, you need to decide then. Um, that's very echoes of, like, 2021 Georgia, that they want to just eliminate the ability for the offense to get anything going or to feel like they have any momentum. So they're going to continue to bring rushers from the second level. They're going to try to hit that line of scrimmage, um, do stunts, all these twists and stuff like that. It's it's an illusion of an all-out blitz, but it's going to end up being like a regular coverage. Now, this is just going to confuse offenses all season. Now, you introduce a bunch of new players to that bur- burgeoning scheme. They have to be... They have to be all in on it. They have to be high IQ, ready to play, um, no mistakes, right? And we only have one example of them playing against Portland State who probably couldn't get anything going anyways if they tried. Um, Going to be really interesting to see this matchup against Zach Kitley who, when he's on, can get really creative and can really kind of cause defenses to dig deeper into their schema to try to draw things together. There's a lot of talent on this Oregon defense. Not doubting that for a second. I'm just very interested to see how they play together on the road and against an offense that can be really prolific. Um, you know, again, Dan Lanning had uh, had nothing but really good things to say uh, about Texas Tech, uh, even a, a, an extent of like kind of some Tech fans took way too much out of it. Like, oh, they're really good at home. And then Tech fans like, yeah, at home. And that's it. Uh, which, you know, fair but you know Dan Lanning's not kind of make he's not making any bones about it he's going to expect Texas Tech to give Oregon their all so I'm but I'm just really interested to see how this defensive unit comes together because offenses a little bit easier to pick and choose defenses when you go to the transfer portal and you replace a bit of it or you bring in a bunch of new people sometimes it can get dicey absolutely so I you know one thing I do one I think X factor um, on the defensive side of the ball is Kyrie Jackson. So Kyrie Jackson, starting corner, guy that used to play at East Mississippi Community College. If you, I don't know if you, have you heard of East Mississippi Community College, Jeremy? I don't. I don't. Are they? I don't know if there's something important there. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah. So Kyrie Jackson went to East Mississippi College and he actually got his scholarship to Alabama. Was at Alabama last year and a really balling out for Alabama. Um, got a, in a little trouble out in Alabama, getting suspended there, and then he decided to you know go enter the portal. And he's now in Oregon, but that kind of tells you that he has the talent, he has the skill, he's that guy, right? And so he has that. And so I'm very curious to see how he lines up. As I do think he's going to be that Mister Everything, you know, number one cornerback that's going to follow a Jaran Bradley, 
or, or Loic Fungi. Either one of those going to have a little bit of a trouble with Kyrie Jackson. Bright side is, is that, so that guy that came from Alabama, opposite of him in the corner is Nico Reed, who came from Colorado. Remember how Deion Sanders went in there and was like, oh, well, you know, if you don't think you're up to par, you can hit the chance of portal because y'all were 1-11 last year and you're terrible and I'm bringing my Louie. He's one of those guys <laughs> that was like, hmm, I should probably look elsewhere. <laughs> so Nico Reed is, is not... No, he's not not by any means is he a scrub. I know I kind of introduced that as if he's a scrub. He's not by any means a scrub. Um, but if you're looking at Kyrie Jackson on one side and Nico Reed on the other side, as, as far as and, and they do have Dante Manning, who also kind of was he was on Oregon's team last year, but it was was kind of not a little susceptible at times. I watched a little bit of his tape over the over the offseason and and there were some things that you were like, oh, okay, well he he you can get some things there, especially coming off of the uh, um. Uh, coming off of the bench, he wasn't even a starter last year as much. So really, now you have okay. Well, let's go against Reed and Manning. Not so much on Jackson's side. So like the secondary, there's some room and some place that you can you can kind of make your way there. Like I said, most of the secondary are going to be brand spanking new, so you can make your way a little bit there. But I would like like and I know the front seven that has veteran leadership. I know the front seven has a lot of dudes that are there and Oregon's going to pump their chest up about the front seven and, and, and that physicality that Dan Lanning loves that Georgia style defense that Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning loves. Um, we got to establish a run game. I know we're going to want to attack. I know Kitley's licking his chops at the secondary and saying that we got to attack the secondary and we got to show them that, that Miles Price can do this and that Jerram Bradley can do this. Loic Fungi can do this. We can have these guys line up and Mason Tharp can go straight. I know, I know it's easy to do and fall into that trap, but we've got to establish the run game because that's what Oregon would want. If I'm an Oregon defense DC, I'm, I'm going to say we want to impose ourselves on the O-line in the run game, force them to pass, and make life easier for our quarters. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, you know, that's an interesting – I mean, I like how you bring it up. It seems like the easiest route is just passing the whole time. But if you just pass the whole time – they're going to adjust and, you know, they may drop linebackers back there. If you can't respect the run game or if we can't make them respect the run game, then we're going to have just a hard time doing, you know, whatever we're trying to do with the pass game, uh, even against a, a semi inexperienced defensive back group across the board. And so, <clears throat> yeah, man, I think, God, it's, it, it's just like, just run the ball, right? Even Portland state early in the game against Oregon last week, didn't have too hard of a time. I mean, they had some pretty good runs uh, against this prolific defense, this prolific front seven for um, Oregon. So it's not impossible, right? We just need to make sure that we're picking up our assignments <laughs> as an offensive line, uh, which we kind of failed to do a couple times during Wyoming. But even during the Wyoming game, you know, Tosh Brooks is still averaging three yards. You know, that's enough to get you a first down if you run four times in a row. And not that you'll get three yards every time, but if you can kind of measure out that kind of average for the whole game, I think that's enough to give you the opportunity to get a little bit more trickery and creative uh, in the pass game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so uh, one factor that we haven't really talked about when it comes to this defense um, is Oregon defense against our quarterback. So I don't know if you know who our quarterback is. His name is Tyler Shuck. I don't know if you've heard of him, Jeremy. Uh, but um, Tyler Shuck, before he came to Texas Tech, he – Played at a school out west. The better, the good Oregon school out west. The the, the Beavers. Go Beavers. No, not the Beavers. He, no, ah, okay. He, he played for the Ducks. He played for the Oregon Ducks. Oh, actually. yeah. So, um, if you're, Tyler Shuck, you know, I know it's a different coaching staff, different offensive coordinator, different team. Like a lot of the players they used to play with aren't on this team anymore. All that stuff, right? Like, I mean, last time he played for this team was 2020. I mean, it, it Pac-12 wasn't even playing football then. You know what I mean? So, um, only half of a joke. They literally weren't playing football because of COVID. But anyways, um, but uh, so I know that he's really not going to know anybody. But if you're Tyler Shuck, in your head, you're still like, this is the team that I left. And it doesn't matter that I, I know he left on his own. I know he left on his own. Uh, um intuition he's the one that decided to make that change to make that transfer i get all that right he wasn't kicked out he, he left on his own but it don't matter why you leave it don't matter if you break up with if you don't matter if you break up with the girl you still don't want to see the girl that you broke up with with some sexy new man if i break up with a girl i don't want to see her with jeremy 
I don't care that I broke up with her. Right? And so therefore, I, I still wanna I wanna beat her and Jeremy now. Now I gotta find a new now me and my new girl gotta go out and beat Jeremy and, and my ex. Right? And we don't we don't want that to happen. <laughs> so that's the thing. That's how it is. Right? Oregon is Jeremy. I'm Texas Tech, and I wanna help Tyler Shuck uh beat his ex. Okay? And so um that analogy was fantastic, by the way. Um, so, it, it fell apart in front of my eyes and you just, you, you owned it, man. I love it. Um, but yeah, so I do think Tyler Shuck in this game has to, I was talking about Killy, but I think Tyler Shuck also, right? He's usually pretty good at staying a, a bit under control, doing what the offense is supposed to be, letting everything come to him. I, I'm a little worried he may force it a little bit in this game and push it a little bit in this game. And I want him to still settle it down a little bit. And I think we're going to see that early on. Um, I think being at home is really going to help. Uh, to where he's not overwhelmed with the emotion of the playing his ex. Uh, but uh, I do think that this is going to be very interesting to see how he performs in this situation. Yeah, you don't want to do too much whenever there's a lot of like, and this again is that we don't really know how, <clears throat> we're, we're making pretty good assumptions, but we don't know how Tyler Shuck's thinking about this game, especially in the wake of the way that things panned out in Wyoming. The fan reaction as was to be expected. We don't really know what's going on in his head. Um, I would hope for Shuck, it's going to be, how do I solidify my position on the team? How do I play my very best football and command this offense in the way that all summer long I have expected myself to play and the fans have expected of me? Um, that's not to say that there won't be nerves. You're playing a top 25 team at home after a loss. The, you you absolutely want to get this win. Then you add the narrative. It says a team that you you know you played for. You get through for like over fifteen hundred yards for uh, in a season, and you still got put behind a, another guy. You got benched for another guy. But he is the X factor for this game. Whether you like it or not, as a Texas Tech fan, it comes down to Tyler Shuck, right? Because I don't care how good the play is that Zach Kitley draws up to get the ball out to Dran Bradley or whomever. If Shuck's not feeling it, if he's not on, and he's not throwing the dimes then it doesn't matter. So it is paramount that this team, that these fan base buys into Tyler Shuck for this game because he is going to be the guy that's going to win it for you or not. I do not expect to see Baron Morton this game unless we are getting absolutely grounded, pounded in the third quarter. Like it's just hard for me to see Coach McGuire making that mistake that he did last year with just this quarterback rotation. You know, and that was with injury and such, but... You know, it's hard for me to see him making that yeah, decision. Yeah, I don't actually think he did it last year uh, willingly. I definitely do, do think it was an injury decision. Now, I will say, um, Texas Tech goes down three or four touchdowns. We're going to see Barry Morton. I mean, I, I, <laughs> we're going to see Barry Morton. If it becomes a blowout, we're going to see him. And, and you know, we're probably going to do that thing where we say, oh, well, you know, the game was out of reach, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we're going to see him. If, it becomes, if the game is close and it's a battle like we expect it to be a battle – uh, Shuck's going to get his opportunity to show up and show out and show Oregon, I'm here, right? I'm here. You shouldn't never let piss me off so I can go to Lubbock, Texas, right? And I think he's going to he's going to want to do that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, if we fall behind, we're going to get we're going to get Morton season. It's going to happen. Um, but I do think it's very important. I mean, I, I I felt this way last year. I think one of the reasons why we had such buy in with Joy McGuire last year was solely because we won home games. When people went to the stadium, they were happy. They were they were joyous. They were like, "Oh man, home games, home wins. It's exciting. It's fun. We beat Houston, rush the field. Beat uh, Texas, rush the field. Beat Oklahoma, rush the field. You know, like it was it was it was fun. And I think they want to bring that excitement back. And like I said, you beat Oregon, all is forgiven from week one. Nobody cares about week one. Nobody cares. Wyoming doesn't exist anymore." We are world beaters, and the Big 12 is right ahead of us. It's just it's it's crazy how quick it can change. Um, I pray it does change. So, Jeremy, who on offense for Texas Tech is the key guy that's going to need a ball out for us to be able to get a W? I said it, man. I said it, and I'm sticking with it. It's Tyler Shuck. Um, you lost a lot of confidence from the fan base last, last game. You may feel like that's rightfully so or undeserved, but you got to stay focused this game, and, and you just got to move on. Take the punch, you know, take it on the chin, and just keep going. And I think that Tyler Shuck has that kind of grit. He showed us last season, right? You know, at the end of the year, people are like, hmm, "Tyler Shuck, who?" And then he rattled off big wins against Oregon, or excuse me, against what? Well, wish against Oklahoma and against um, Ole Miss. And so 
Definitely look for Shuck to have a chip on his shoulder this this game. And the better he plays <clears throat> early, like if early and often, if we can get ahead of Oregon, Oregon has a hard time coming back from behind on the road. Um, so if we can put them in a bind, and I said the same thing about Wyoming, but you know if we can put Oregon in a bind early, it will hopefully pay dividends, give him some encouragement and kind of um, – swagger to just continue to play well you know let's have a reminiscent of the old miss game get tyler shuck in his zone and is a the texas tech's a really hard team to beat uh how very noble of you jeremy to say the quarterback needs to be the guy that's really an x factor for i can't this game. stand like, you man, man you really went on the ledge there um, you know, I just how, how how are you so provocative yet so brave? I don't I don't know how you how you do it, you know. Um But of course it's Tyler Shuck. Like like, like obviously it's Tyler. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has to be he has to be the guy that comes through. And this game this is against his former team. It's all on him after a subpar performance in week one. He has to come through, no question. So uh defensively, who is the guy that you think needs to really show up and shine through? Steve Linton. Interesting. I need Steve. I need Steve. So, and here's why. One of my keys to the game on the other podcast was applying pressure to Bo Nix um, for the whole game. Steve Linton is a guy who came to Texas Tech with a lot of pedigree of being a quarterback chaser, right? Always getting in the backfield, creating disruption for Syracuse. Um, we need to make sure that we are putting him in a position where he can continue to do that and thrive in a role that he is built for. Um, Bo Nix is a good quarterback. This offensive line for Oregon is a big question mark. Uh, we, <clears throat> if we can just crash down that pocket as much as possible, the less time you give Bo Nix makes me feel like you have a better percentage of getting off the field. I don't want our defense to be dragged around the field all game and be exhausted so that when we really need them to make a stand in the fourth quarter, they're absolutely burnt. So I'm feeling that Steve Linton, if Steve Linton has a big game, if we get pressure on Bo Nix off the edge, you're putting yourself in a really good position to eliminate the things that make Oregon a good offensive team. Last year, we had a linebacker that was pretty amazing. Every week we said he was the player of the game on defensively. He was incredible. It was Krishan Merriweather. Two years ago, um, we had two quarterbacks, or two linebackers, sorry. Two linebackers that were pretty amazing. That was Colin Schooler and Rico Jeffries. Um, we've kind of had a nice band of linebackers that have just been amazing. And coming into the season, we kind of thought there was one that, that might be that. He was more of an outside linebacker this uh, uh, previously during the, the schooler days and the, the Merriweather days and stuff like that. But he kind of moved on to the inside. And we were we were saying, man, if this guy, you know, the likelihood of this guy being like them is kind of slim. But, man, if he could be like that, that'd be incredible, right? Um, if, he, if he could go out and be a, a, an amazing linebacker like how Jordan Brooks was on that on that 2019 team or how Dakota Allen was on the 2018 team. Well, Jeremy, somebody stepped that guy has stepped up to the plate. And that's Josiah Pierre. Josiah Pierre all things considered from last week's terrible game. What was missed from that terrible game was just how great Josiah Pierre was. Right? I, there was a play in last week's game where I'm like, "Man, Josiah Pierre, you know, he really missed Missed that tackle, and then immediately the next play, he made a play. And then he made a play the next one after that. And then he made a play the next one after that. And he was just all over the place. Like, Josiah Pierre had an incredible game that was missed because the the game didn't go our way. Um, And so I'm going to go ahead and do a Jeremy answer here and do the and state the obvious, which is that Josiah Pierre is going to need to be a good game. And the main reason why I'm saying he's going to need to be a good, have a good game is just because of the run game that Oregon possesses, because they have Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. And because Bo Nix, though he's a little bit less mobile than he used to be, still going to try to be a little mobile. And I think just, I want to see Josiah Pierre tag him a little bit, right? Uh, Make sure he's getting him onto the ground. Maybe let's let's lay off on trying to destroy the quarterback where you potentially get kicked out of the game. That'd be fantastic. But Josiah Pierre is going to be kind of my pick there. 
Um, How can you say something so controversial and yet so brave? I was maybe you made me think of that meme when you were coming on to me for a second. Yeah. Good pick. I like it. Yeah. No. It's well. You know. I. Um, I'll answer that question. Is is that? Uh, you know. I, I. I eat my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you know. I give myself positive affirmations. My, put my pants. pants put my on, pants on one leg at a time. time. You know what I mean. So <laughs> I'm just a regular I, guy. Yeah, I, I try. <laughs> you know. I try. Um, so. With that, Jeremy, I think that it's Josiah Pierre and Tyler Shuck, the quarterback of the offense, the quarterback of the defense. It's very important for them to to really show up, show what they can do, um, and for Texas Tech to have any shot at winning this game. And really, for Texas Tech to have any shot at winning this game, we need to make sure that they're swagged out and they have the right appropriate clothing. And the best way to do that is that they're going to charliehustle.com to get the freshest clothing the freshest text tech gear um online on site anywhere they're a vintage inspired clothing company based out of kc based out of pat mahomes uh, uh current town and it specializes in that collegiate and kc hometown apparel charlie also wants you and everybody listening to this podcast to be the best dressed fans this season so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your texas tech spirit all season long they will get you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs so shop today at www.charliehustle.com charlie hustle vintage made fresh and make sure to use our promo code 10 12 15 that's t-e-n 1 2 1 5 for 15 percent off of all non-sale items that's 10 12 t-e-n or 10 12 15 t-e-n 1 2 1 5 for 15 percent off so jeremy Time for you to make your prize picks prediction. So I know we did one ad, we do another ad here. Um, prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use our promo code takes twelve t a k e s one two to get a hundred percent a hundred percent match for up to hundred dollars. Listen, I, I know I'm saying this ad, but I'm trying to get you free money here. This is free money. Get you free money. Takes twelve t a k t a k e s one two for a hundred percent match up to hundred dollars at prize picks and make these predictions. Uh, so Jeremy, what is your prize picks prediction? Who do you think is going to win this game and give me a score? I love this matchup. We've been waiting for it for a while now. Uh, it's going to be a really fun one. I think that the Jones is going to turn up. It, it may not be as electric as, as if we have won Wyoming, but I do think Texas tech fans are going to show up and be loud. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be a close game. Until the half. I think that we may even be tied up with Oregon at the half um, based off of energy and just creativity alone. But for me, man, Oregon has just way too much depth in a lot of places that it matters. I think that I think that Bo Nix is that dude right now, and he's going to be looking for every chance to solidify his Heisman candidacy. I think Oregon's going to pull away here either in the third or the fourth, and it's going to come down to depth, and it's going to come down to just – a team being more ready because like this is an Oregon team that, you know, they're coming off a huge win. They got a lot of gusto coming with them. We're reeling back from a loss and I'm just not really feeling like we're catching Oregon at a good time. So for me, it's going to be a 45, 24 Oregon victory. Say that score again. 45, 24 Oregon victory. 24. Dang. <laughs> Dang. No I gotta be consistent because I called it out. No the faith, pod. man. Yeah. Like Jeremy comes in here, he calls himself the people's champ, says that he supports all of you, and he really hates you all. <laughs> I just want you all to know that he really hates every single one of you, saying that your favorite I'm school just like the government. Jeremy Gillen <laughs> is saying that your favorite school, the school that you whether you've got a degree from, the school that you maybe have been supporting because you your whole life because everywhere is West Texas you're West Texan you love this school Jeremy is saying that hey I don't care how much you love your school I don't care that he works at the school he's like your school stinks and is gonna get boat raced against Oregon how dare you sir how how dare how you? dare I Albert enlighten us to a more so that would be tortillas and takes today and intelligent. And, uh, <laughs> Direct. Yeah, yeah. So this game, huh? Uh, <laughs> so, this game is fun. Isn't football fun, Jeremy? Um, so yeah, uh, this, this, the score I'm gonna have for this game. 
it's gonna be I'll, I'll do 35 3424 3424 uh, so not as high scoring oh yeah, wow okay 24 Oregon duck victory um I I too am gonna choose Oregon uh but not I mean I at least think it's gonna make it more of a game of it unlike uh, my counterpart here I said at the half oh my goodness yeah, the half um uh-uh. <laughs> I was expecting one big running back break off touchdown in like the fourth to really put it out of reach was in my mindset. Like that just, you know, just, really what I've it got is, PTSD. is that I would choose tech to win, but because you chose Oregon to win, I have to agree with you so we can fix the jinx, right? We jinxed it last time. So we can honestly give exactly, ourselves a chance. Exactly. Right. We, we jinxed it last time. We both picked why our tech tech to win. We lost. So now we got to both pick Oregon to win. It's the only reason why I, I actually really believe tech's going to win. Of course. Um, we, we but, both yeah, actually, we in our this. minds, pick Texas Tech. <laughs> we have to do this, right? Uh, thank you. We, y- y'all can thank us later. And it'll be because of our predictions um, that really fires up the guys and says that, you know what? You know, I'm sure Steve Linton will look and say, screw, screw Jeremy. That I'll be guys cool, but screw him too. We're going to win this game. <laughs> After I pick him to be the defensive guy. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, so, Jeremy has predicted a 45-24 uh, victory for the Oregon Ducks. That's the big news here for today, this episode. Jeremy, anything else, anything else you want to say to the people? Nope. If you're going to the game, have a good time. It's going to be – I think it will be a really fun atmosphere uh, for at least two quarters. And if we're winning or if we're keeping it close, the whole game. So, I love where this program's going, a win or a loss. You know, if we play really hard this game, I'll be happy. And the good job, good effort. You, you, man, Jeremy, you have no faith. Jeremy has no faith. Good job, good effort. Oh, man. So hopefully Texas Tech can come through <laughs> and prove Jeremy wrong here. Prove him wrong. All right, throw darts at his face. It happened to me like five times last two years. So I hope it happens to you here, Jeremy, where everybody <laughs> just just takes you to the woodshed. Right, and I, I hope it happens. I hope this will be huge for Texas Tech. So I do hope. Um, I'm joking on Jeremy here, but I know he hopes we win as well. This will be absolutely fantastic. It'll be huge if we do win this game. Um, I do think I, I, nothing has really changed as far as I think what my believe my our ability in this game is. I, I still, you know, I, I I said this game was a real toss up at the beginning of the year. Um, and I know the beginning of the year I did think that there was a really good chance Texas Tech would win, and I still do believe that Texas Tech would win. But hey, let's face it, the Wyoming loss really was a shot to the system. And so um, I do hope the Tech Tech can prove us wrong uh, here, and I hope Chuck can come through. I hope the team can come through and really play up to the Oregon Ducks. So let's see what happens here. So Rackham Tech, um, you have been listening to the Tortillas and Techs podcast. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.